0: On this podcast, we discuss medical diagnoses and procedures. All of the guests express their own opinions. You should always seek medical advice from a trained and credentialed professional when making decisions about your own health. Welcome to the Sleep Apnea Stories podcast. I'm Emma Cooksey and I've been coping with sleep apnea since childhood. I didn't know anyone in my life with a sleep disorder, so I decided to start this podcast. I'm here to build community and provide a platform for people with sleep apnea to tell their stories. Together, we can shatter stereotypes and raise awareness. We'll be exploring all sorts of treatment options and lifestyle choices to help you live your best life with sleep apnea. This is Sleep Apnea Stories, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's Emma Cooksey here, and I'm your host. So today's guest, Chris Kelly, is the first person so far on the podcast that I've had on twice, and that was because the first time I had him on, I feel like... Um, A lot of the things I'd wanted to ask him going into the interview, uh, I actually didn't get to ask him. So when I do these conversations with people, it really is more of a conversation to me. Like I like to actually connect with the person I'm talking to and, you know, the conversation will go in all different ways. But when I got off of that um, interview, I had a really great conversation with him. But there were three or four things that I really wanted to know about. I hadn't actually asked him so he agreed to come back which is great and i mean i think we just need our own show honestly because chris knows so much about sleep apnea and i'm just so endlessly curious that it's like just me picking his brain constantly so a little bit about chris kelly um chris is a dental prosthetist um and he's done that since 1998 He's also a sleep scientist with 15 years of experience in designing and manufacturing oral appliances, and he has clinical expertise for oral appliances used in obstructive sleep apnea and simple snoring. He continues his studies of the science of sleep medicine at Sydney University. Chris uses the unique knowledge base he has accumulated over the years to design oral anti-snoring appliances. His patented air dorsal splint creates room in the mouth for the tongue and addresses the patient's tongue posture. AER Healthcare, under the guidance of Chris and his dedicated staff, provides medical clinical pathway solutions for dental sleep medicine sleep testing protocols, which are partly funded by Medicare. They also educate dentists on dental sleep medicine so that they can participate in these testing services so i find chris really knowledgeable but also i think that you can tell how much he cares about getting solutions for patients so i think that that's super helpful you know like he really sees it from both sides anyway i loved our chat and i hope you will too here's me talking with chris kelly so welcome chris
1: hi again how are you
0: i'm good how are you doing Um, I'm doing well. So last time we had a rip roaring time and (laughs) laughed a (laughs) lot and got on like a house on fire but I was left with a lot of unanswered questions so this time I'm going to be much more disciplined and I'm going to have you answer all the things that I want to pick your brain about. There so here enough. we go <laughs> and I'll so, try to
1: I'll try to behave myself as well
0: yeah you're fine um <laughs> so one of the things that I'd seen something about on your website was to do with the I think you used to make custom CPAP masks so I wanted to kind of ask you about that but also I think you had a lot of insight as to which kind of CPAP masks you think are best and why and all that
1: well, yeah, these are just my opinions and they're not necessarily the views or opinions of the host of the podcast.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> so Thank you. Just sort you. Of put that in there. <laughs> That's
1: okay. Um, well, look, I, I did, I found that a lot of people would um, want to try and find something more comfortable to wear at night and my, well, let's start with my personal opinion is that a nasal mask is better than a full face mask. And why I can well um, because we are supposed to breathe through our nose not our mouth mm-hmm. and uh, I did ask a, uh, a person from a one of the sleep apnea companies who make CPAP and masks about this and they did confirm to me that full face masks are actually uh, a compromise mask that
0: for people who can't breathe through their nose, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's there's a percentage of patients who just won't get their nose fixed and they still want to use CPAP. Now, quite frankly, I don't know how they do it because it's it just the mechanics of breathing <clears throat> relies on nasal breathing. So if you're breathing through your mouth, the mechanics of breathing changes, the whole, the whole pressure system changes and the way you breathe changes, so it it does tend to uh, cause you to breathe much more sh- much more shallow. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. if you're breathing through your mouth, you don't you don't get that big breath in like when you're awake. If you breathe through your if you if you breathe through your mouth when you're awake, you can take a nice deep breath. But when you're asleep and your breathing is more shallow anyway, when you breathe through your mouth, there's absolutely less air getting into the bottom of your lungs. So. You're not actually oxygenating as well as you otherwise could. So there it is. Interesting. Um,
0: so I'm, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm probably one of these people that you don't understand who, I mean, now I'm able to breathe through my nose and I do like the mouse taping at night, yeah. but I need to have like, cause I have such a petite nose, right? So I can yeah. breathe through my nose, but I need like nasal dilators to hold it open enough and like, I've tried the nasal pillows, but it just doesn't feel comfortable to me. Even the bit, like extra small feels too, too big, you know?
1: Yeah, I do. I do understand. Um, <clears throat> you know, using a full face mask and, and nasal cones is a great idea, especially if your issue happens to be your anterior nasal valve, which is basically just inside your nostril. Which we talked about last time.
0: Yeah, we did. <laughs>
1: um, so it's a great solution, but if you can imagine, not a lot of people want to cope with that as well. Yeah. So, um,
0: I mean, I think for me, partly, I think that I'd gotten used to a full face mask before I kind of read more and realized I really should be breathing out my nose and kind of like did that switch and started with the mouth taping and everything. But like I think that I was already used to having a full face mask. So I think that's so kind of full, part of it.
1: So with full face masks, if you have the settings right on your CPAP machine, you're not going to feel um, as suffocated by the mask as if you uh, have a small nose or you have other issues with your nose. Um, and you have the settings wrong on the machine then the air pressure that comes through the pillows mask can be disastrously high too much pressure and so people will give up on them because of that mm-hmm. um, so checking with your healthcare provider as to how your settings are on your machine very important when you're using any mask like yeah. you have to have the right because there's different
0: settings right like I know on yeah. my CPAP like when I was trying the nasal pillows they said make sure you go in and actually change it to to nasal pillows because it will change the way the machine works. So, and then change it back if you're going to go back to the full face mask. So
1: exactly. And depending on the brand, you'll have easier or harder time doing that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, uh, Philips, for example, has a number system for masks. They don't actually say nasal pillows. They don't say nasal mask. They don't say any of that. And just about every other brand does say full face, nasal, nasal pillows. And there's a difference between nasal and nasal pillows, which is what I guess I wanted to highlight in relation to your question about custom nasal masks. I wanted to be able to optimise the uh, air delivery system, which is the interface or otherwise known as the mask, um, as best I could, so that it actually helped the patient to uh, adopt the therapy. Because one of the biggest reasons for patients refusing CPAP over the medium to long term is not being able to get used to the mask. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I poor hear old that machine. All day long. Yeah. <laughs> poor, yeah. poor, old, poor old machine's working perfectly well. And the mask is failing, and uh, so the adjustment of a mask, the fitting of a mask, choice of mask for the patient—it's it's it's very important. But if I, without oversimplifying it, in my practice, I actually rely on nasal masks. I I rarely, if ever, have a full face mask delivered to a patient, and I get good compliance. So the reason for that is because the way I think about masks and the way I educate patients about the way I think about masks might be helpful. I'm not going to say I'm right, yeah, everybody else no, is No, that's really
0: helpful. It's so, interesting just to so, hear how you do it.
1: So, so in that respect, um, I started using uh, silicon to adapt a uh, very simple nasal pillows mask. Um, it was a, uh, I, I mean, I don't have to keep mentioning brands, but, you know, there are plenty of pronged nasal masks out there yeah. that have two separate little, like, little pillows that sit on the nose and and then a body underneath that and then they can bend and twist depending on what the shape of your nose is. Unfortunately, people with certain shaped noses just don't suit those masks and there's always some leaking going on or they have to over tighten it and then it hurts their nostrils. Mm -hmm. They're asked to use all sorts of creams to calm down the inflamed nostril and the list goes on. And I thought, well, gosh, no wonder people are refusing this therapy. So...
0: This podcast is sponsored by Mute. Regardless of whether you have sleep apnea, use a CPAP machine, or just deal with allergies and congestion, you deserve a good night's sleep. Mute is here to help make that happen. A nasal dilator made from ultra-soft medical-grade polymers, Mute gently holds your nasal airways open, which increases airflow by an average of 38%. And that 38% improvement means more breathing, less snoring, and better sleep for you and your partner, or kids, or dog. The quality sleep your body wants and needs is well within reach. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better with Mute's comfortable and customizable fit.
1: I, as a dental prosthetist, you know, I, I thought, well, what have I got in here that can help? So I, I grabbed I grabbed um, some silicon, which, you know, we have in little guns that um, it mixes itself, just like you get from a hardware store, except don't do that because it's toxic from the hardware store. <laughs> yeah, and don't
0: do that at home.
1: Don't do that. Don't do that. And um, so I use a polyvinyl siloxane silicon, which is uh, dental, and it's made for being inside the mouth, so it's perfectly fine for being okay. outside the nostrils. And uh, I was squeezing that onto a new mask because if you have an old mask, as soon as your oils of your skin contaminate the silicon, it's all over. The silicon that you put on it doesn't stick to it. Um, oh, no. So uh, I was squeezing the silicon around there and then feeding it to the patient's face. And we had look, we had some great uh, success. Um,
0: however. So that, that essentially was customizing, you know, like the fit to exactly that person's nostrils. Yeah, it sounds right. exciting, doesn't it? Yeah. See, this is why I'm <laughs> and, super excited. I'm like, let's do that. That sounds great. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Um,
1: I found with some people, especially if they had a little nose, um, and let me try to explain, if you've got a some people where they have their forehead is more prominent than their nose, and so you try to put the mask on and no matter what you do to tension the straps, it's almost like it's being slung like a, like a, like a hammock across the face and it's not pushing on the nose, but it's hanging right. in front of it. Yeah. And so the silicon after it was set, it would, it would move away. And without going into that minutiae detail, what I, it what I needed, work from, as well as you thought. it didn't, yeah, it didn't work as well. So um, I got it to work on some people, but not everybody. And I really want to try and make, something that's a bit more off the shelf for people. And I know that sounds, well, why were you we doing custom masks if you want to make something off the shelf? <laughs> but I tried the custom idea um, and I didn't find that it worked so well. So I was looking for a solution that <clears throat> did <clears throat> replicate that in a stock standard way. Now, as I said, this is my opinion, but what I found is that the the, the bravida mask from Fisher & Paykel is a it's a it's a cross between nasal pillows and nasal prongs mm-hmm. so it's got this blow up pillow that fits under your nose and then the prongs sit against your nostrils and they're very fine so they're not stiff like some other nasal right. prongs so they don't they don't hurt like I think other nasal prongs. I think
0: I've seen that mask that you're talking about mm.
1: mm-hmm. and so the, the the pros of it is that when you put it on your nose and you adjust it and then, you, you know, you turn the pressure on and then you adjust it again because you have to adjust it while it's inflated, um, you really get a beautiful seal and the mask can move around on the tip of your nose and it does not leak. Mm. It's as simple as that. It just doesn't leak. Now, the cons. The strap they use is absolutely ridiculous. It's too small. <laughs> it's It was made to make the thing look unobtrusive and... To, to sexy and small and light and thin and blah 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 and all it does is especially if you've got clean hair slides around on the back of your hair like you've got nice long hair it'll just slide mm-hmm. around on your hair so you virtually have to put it's your not hair not gonna in a work ponytail.
0: Chris exactly find my
1: solution but you virtually have to put your hair in a ponytail and stick it through the slot in the back of the mask to hold it in oh, place wow. and, and that just doesn't like I had long hair so I tried that and it sort of worked but I'm sorry, I don't want to have my hair in a pigtail all night, you know. No. <laughs> um, now, what, what I found was a, a nice hack. So if, if anybody knows what an Eson mask is, a fish & Eson mask, that's a nasal mask that goes over the nose, and it's got a frame that goes up to the top of the head. Yes. And then you see, so you've got an over the strap, uh, around the side like a like yeah. a head, a head it almost has, a it
0: has this sort of bit that goes up in the middle of your forehead and then the strap goes like this around yeah, like right yeah like a hat band yeah.
1: strap I know hat, what you're talking hat about band strap and then it's got the under the ear strap as well so it really does center the mask and and make it good and and as I'm sure everybody out there knows less is more with uh tightening of the mask less is yeah. more so the minimum tightness you can get on a mask means yeah. you'll get a bed, better seal if you t- over-tighten it, you'll wrinkle the silicone and they've been an air leak. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, totally <laughs> <laughs> and I might just delicately say this, the fatter you are, the better the seal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice puffy face. The silicone sits against the face really nicely. If you've got a beard, a full face mask is history. It's all over. Yeah. Because it's like a shag pile rug under a piece of glass. Yeah. It's always a leak. Yeah. yeah, so essentially um, what I found with the Eson mask strap is that I took that off the Bravida mask and I'll send you a photo of what I've done. So maybe if you've got some way I would love that of,
0: I want to try it.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, if you've got some way of sharing that with your listeners, that'll yeah. be great. Um, so you buy these straps that, you know, they cost pretty much nothing compared to the mask. Right. And you add, you add that to your Brevita mask and it stabilizes the mask extremely well, so that's what I use every night. And the way I've macrameed the strap, <laughs> um, it it works uh, for me. And I've actually given it given that hack, if you like, that's a trendy word, isn't it? I've given that hack to a few patients, and they've enjoyed the difference as well.
0: That's great. Um, so, do you think that could work for me, even though I have a really small nose?
1: Well, it, like. I do, because what I want to say is that when you when you use a, any sort of mask, I believe that what you need your nose to be able to do is to, to be able to breathe more normally rather than inside the pressure of a mask. So if you put a mask over your nose, you've now put your nose in a spaceship and it, or an aeroplane, and it's pressurised. And so when you go to breathe in, your nose is going to be pretty much the same shape as it is when you're awake during the day, without the supply of muscle tone to keep it patent so you're going to have collapse and so your nose will be in its relaxed collapsed position and air will be trying to come in through it which is why you need
0: yeah the diarrhea yeah
1: yeah yeah when you've got your nose supported by nasal pillows or uh, nasal prongs depending on whatever I mean there's plenty of brands out there that make good yeah. mass i just believe the brevet is probably the most comfortable one i've ever used but that's just me and my nose yeah and a lot of my patients by the way but anyway
0: well that's kind of why i'm asking <laughs> you have um, all the experience of your patients as well so it's not just yeah. your opinion you know
1: no 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 so so basically um the the pressure goes up the nostrils through the pillows Uh, and through the nasal prongs which sounds violent but the prongs go just inside the nostril and the pillows underneath it and then what what's allowed to happen is your nose around the above the nostril and the whole sort of lateral sides of your nose on either side of your septum are allowed to expand in normal air pressure Mm. so you've got positive air pressure going up your nose and it's inflating your nose as well so when you breathe in in, relaxed, in a relaxed way, when your lungs uh, and your diaphragm and all that is working, well, sorry, I'll restate that. When, you, when the thoracic muscles and the diaphragm are working to expand your lungs, the positive air pressure is ramping up, as you know. It, it ramps up when, you, when you're breathing in at night, mm-hmm. and that's inflating your anterior nasal valve, which is actually splinting your nose like the nasal cones do, but okay. more naturally. Mm. so that when you breathe out, they can relax again. So they're going in and out, in and out, instead of just being held open. And it takes it. away the, it takes away the uh, involvement of the nasal yeah. cones. Um, yeah, that's however, right. it, it, it increases you know how it goes. the patency of the anterior nasal valve. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: so I think, I think nasal pillows are the best opportunity to have uh, the correct respiration of the nose uh,
0: okay so you sent me a really interesting video all about um breathing and the sort of mechanics of breathing and what I wanted to ask you about was the like you had on your website the um inspiratory muscle trainer um yeah and so but here's my thing I watched the video that you sent me and then I watched another couple of videos of people using the device. Well, it's telling them to like block off their nose and use their mouth. So I kind of was like, after I had Patrick McEwen on my show, I was like, you've got to breathe through your nose all the time and not your mouth. So is that purely for the exercise? Do you want to explain a little bit about what that trainer does and why that what it has to do with sleep apnea, like why that might be helpful to some people?
1: Yep. That's, I mean, I'm glad you're asking me about it because it's a little understood thing. And the reason it's 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 little understood is because inspiratory muscle trainers are live in the realm of people with asthma or chronic lung conditions.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, However, people with obstructive sleep apnea. Uh, have uh, oxidative muscle stress. So what that means is they have um, like less stamina in daily activities in their musculature of their lungs. Uh, and uh, also they get um, higher levels of proteins and uh, in, their, in their blood. And, and so that actually affects the way their muscles work in the long term. So it, it basically, people with obstructive sleep apnea have oxidative oxidative stress. Okay, so um, if it's untreated, and when they when they actually are using like CPAP, uh, the inspiratory muscles um, will be weaker in a person with obstructive sleep apnea. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think so, I think one of the things like so when. One of the things that was kind of like a light bulb moment for me was when Patrick McEwen was on on my show and he was talking about how like obstructive sleep apnea is a breathing, like it's all to do with your breathing, right? But we don't really talk about it like that at all. We don't ask how people breathe during the day or if they could improve how they breathe so that's why that was pretty interesting that you you know do you want to explain to us a little bit about how that works
1: yeah so basically people who people who who use cpap who have who have higher levels of protein and more oxidative stress than somebody else because we're all individual they they are less likely to to survive on cpap and i don't mean they're going to die on cpap (laughs) they're less likely to keep using cpap because it's just too hard for them right so See, one of the things about CPAP in in my, you know, one of my missions is to help people to use the therapy that they've adopted instead of spending all the money on it and then putting it in the drawer. So if they're failing on CPAP and we've tried all the different masks and we've tried different pressures and all that, and they are still not feeling comfortable and they're feeling exhausted, some people say, I feel claustrophobic. Some people say, I feel exhausted, you know. Um, The pressure, no matter how low it is, it's too high for me. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they say all that sort of thing. And we know from the research that th- these pressures aren't high for people. If you've got adult lungs, they're not too high for you, you know? Right. Um, so why is it too high for them? Well, it's because their intrathoracic muscles and their diaphragm just don't work together very well, especially their intrathoracic muscles. So they're the little muscles in between the ribs. Now, when you breathe in deeply, those muscles contract, so your rib cage gets lifted up and forward while your diaphragm's pulling your lungs down. And because of a whole bunch of other mechanisms, which I won't get too scientific about, that attach the lungs to inside the rib cage in a quasi kind of a way, inside the lung sac, that the lung gets expanded up and out as well as pulled down. So the volume increases inside the lung. Now, if those little muscles inside your, in, in between your ribs, which we all like to eat in from the pork, <laughs> you know, but that's, if you think about pork spare ribs, that muscle in between the the ribs is the, the muscle I'm talking about. Right. And if we, if we get that exercised, when you're breathing, those muscles, it's like going to the gym for your lungs. It, it means that when you're breathing, those muscles are going to work better with your diaphragm because you woke them up. And that's going to actually, using those muscles with an inspiratory muscle trainer is going to lower the protein levels in the muscle that, 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 from the oxidative stress and make them more healthy and give them more oxygen and give them more hmm. like tone. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So your question about why do we use this in the mouth and block the nose, it's because you need to actually, when you're working those muscles out, you need to actually overuse them. But it's only seven to 10 minutes a day. It's right. not for hours. Yeah. And when you do that over time, and the reason I like the particular inspiratory muscle trainer that i that you know that you might have seen on my website, mm-hmm. um, it's because it's adjustable. There are others out there that are, are cheaper, but they're just one, they're one trick pony. It's just one right. pressure. Um, and there are and there are plenty that are adjustable, but the reason I like this one is because it's clearly adjustable. It is obvious. It's got mm-hmm. measurements on it like a measuring. So, cup. so
0: that um, would mean as you build up the the strength in those muscles, you can make it more difficult and more resistant so that you can exactly, keep exactly
1: yeah. great. You don't overdo it at first because it's like I say, it's just seven to ten minutes a day, every day, and you 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 breathe in and out through it. You've got to be you know you've got to have a chair behind you in case you feel lightheaded because you don't want to fall over Mm -hmm. Um, because when you over when you hyperventilate you can get lightheaded I mean as a kid we used to have fun doing that um
0: (laughs) oh look I'm dizzy man kids still have fun doing that (laughs) yeah (laughs) so (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you listen to the podcast, you know how many of the guests have dealt with mental health challenges along with sleep apnea. I have struggled with anxiety and depression for years and have found therapy so helpful in my journey. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line, it's not self help, it is professional therapy done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. Visit betterhelp.com Emma. That's betterhelp.com slash Emma and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's a special offer for Sleep Apnea Stories listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Emma.
1: It basically helps people. Well, now, one example I can give you is that I had a, a a medical doctor who is since retired and he became ill and he didn't know why. So he went to his doctor friends and they took out the upper left lobe of his lung because he had like cancer in his lung. So they took that away. So now he's got a lot less vital lung capacity than your average Joe. Mm -hmm. And he got onto the CPAP. And when I first met him, he walked into the door and he's breathing through his mouth the whole time, just a total mouth breather sent him off to the ear, nose and throat surgeon via his doctor friends and nothing wrong with his nose. This is totally habit. It's all yeah. habit. But he felt like he couldn't breathe unless he breathed through his mouth. So over a period of time, I gave him one of these things and over a period of three months, um, he would walk back into my office and he's not breathing through his mouth anymore. Mm. And he's missing part of his lung. Okay. Wow. Of course, if he, wants, if he wants to walk fast, he's going to have to open his mouth like everybody. but but regular habitual
0: like all day regular
1: habitual Mm -hmm. regular habitual day-to-day breathing should be done through the nose so um even when we're talking we should be breathing in through our nose and then talking out of our mouth but who (laughs) does (laughs) it
0: i know i know i should crest but it's not happening
1: yeah so (laughs) so basically yeah it improves the patient's ability to breathe deeply that's going to give you more oxygenation that's going to lift your stats up at night that's going to get you more deep sleep, better REM sleep, more restful sleep, and more alertness during the day. I'm
0: totally on board. And
1: all, all of that from a little thing that you yeah. use for seven to 10 minutes a day, you know? And, yeah. and it's not just for asthmatics or people with other chronic lung diseases. It's it's actually for people with obstructive sleep apnea as well. So that's okay. I'm glad you've asked me about it because people I'm need so to. Yeah, I
0: literally never heard to, of it. Like at all, like when I first saw it on your website, I was like, "Isn't that a thing for asthmatics?" Like, and then I was like, "Oh, it never even occurred to me that that." But it makes perfect sense, right? It makes total sense to me.
1: Well, so, you can huh. you can you can tolerate exercise more easily if you've got better lung capacity yeah. and lung strength.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So that that'll um, get you to lose weight. That'll get you to be fitter.
0: Okay, I'm on it. Hmm. Um. So here's what are, Like one of the things we didn't get to last time was I wanted to ask you about, so I kind of got the wrong end of the stick about your oral appliances that you make. So I was thinking that it was going to be something that you could 3D print, (laughs) like (laughs) in the middle of nowhere, but that's not quite. So can you kind of explain to me a little bit about your um, mandibular advancement devices and how they're different from some other ones on the market that kind of
1: thing yeah well first of all the 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 fallacy that people think that 3d printing is the the the, uh, gateway to consumer uh do it yourself um 3d yeah 3d printing in general uh at the level that the consumer can access it is not safe for putting in your mouth okay. <laughs> it's it's good for, it's great I'm for kind making of bummed
0: out honestly but... yeah. <laughs> okay. are, so don't do the, don't do this at home if you have a 3D printer it's not gonna no, work no no
1: um no there, there you can actually you know for, for a mere $50,000 you can actually buy yourself a desktop laser center uh and and you can you can print out a gray version of my device uh, however, it's probably still going to give you some kind of uh, off-gassing toxic cancer in the end. So Ooh, probably well, we wouldn't recommend that. it. So you said nah. it's a
0: sinterer, a sinterer?
1: Okay, so look, look basically the, the process is a big bucket of, of dust in a machine. It's, uh, it's almost like if we think of gold, you know, when I say the word gold, you think of a shiny yellow metal. And then when I crush up and I, and I show you gold dust, you still think of a shiny yellow metal because gold is an element and it's all one thing. It doesn't have anything else in it if it's pure gold and that's it. L- uh, Laser-sinted nylon, which is the nylon is is actually called PA2200. There's no secret about any of this. It's all public information. It's a uh, nylon 12 or nylon 16. So basically it's a, a tiny white ball of of, of nylon. And if, if you think about that, they're only... They're only about a micron thick, these balls, so they're very small. And there's a whole bunch of them in a big box. It becomes like a big box of white dust. Uh, And then they shine a laser light down into it that's been driven by CAD design brain, if you like. And layer by layer, micron by micron, it builds up whatever you want.
0: is CAD computer-aided design.
1: Thank you. Sorry. Yes. It's okay. Computer-aided design.
0: My dad's an engineer. <laughs> yeah. Very good. <laughs> Just in um, case anyone listening is like, what? So over over a
1: period of about eight hours, this box fills up with these welded pieces. They've been welded together by laser heat. And, and you've still got a big bag, of, a big box of dust. And then you take that over to a special hopper and you shake it and all the little pieces fall out and then you sandblast them clean and you've got your piece, but it looks like a suede shoe. It's not, it's not, it wouldn't be comfortable in the mouth. So we actually then bring it back to our laboratory. That's been done in the medical device factory. It's a proper, you know, ISO 13485 medical device factory, which is an, a standards number and we actually bring it back to our laboratory and then we refine it and we, tumble it and we smooth it and we hand polish it till it's nice and shiny on the outside and then it's ready to go in the mouth um so that's what we do now everybody else does the same thing as well nothing different about what we do in that respect it all comes down to my the difference between what i do and what other people do is design and again that sounds pretty simple like okay so You did a nice design. I can do a nice design. Let's have a design war. (laughs) But what I'd I'd love people to do is copy me because I'm not into this whole, oh, I'm going to patent it and own it, monopolise it thing. Um, I'm into getting the right therapy out there for people. Uh, So I purposefully haven't patented what I've done. Wow. Uh, um, I did hand design every little... Act, act, yeah, every little part of it has been designed by my two hands in a computer-aided design machine. So if somebody wants to copy it, they can have a go. You know? <laughs> but it took me a fair few years to get it right, so good luck with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the differences between my design and other people's designs are I have a couple of points of contact between the upper and lower parts, which means that it's... I'm trying to keep this as simple as possible. It suits everybody's mouth in that respect. So they're all custom made. So I'll, I'll, I'll get scans of your mouth mm-hmm. or somebody else's mouth and they'll be different because your teeth are as different as you are. Um, and we, we design it against your teeth in a computer. Um, and then I put my components that I've designed against your teeth, if you like, and create a device specially for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the technique, the techni- these the, how i say it the um criteria i can't think of words the criteria under which i design it are the same for everybody um with some minor differences depending on the individual problems of the patient themselves i hope that's not too complicated no so people if people have problems with their jaw joint we design it to alleviate that problem if they have uh other problems with the way they bite together uh we we change it subtly you know but the point is they all look about the same, but they're just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, because just customize that's
0: what a, a little bit. That's, that's what a person. custom
1: medical, yeah. That's what a custom medical device is, which is very different to
0: CPAP in a way, isn't it? <laughs> right, totally. Um, so you said there was yeah. two points of contact between the the upper and the lower part. So, yeah. is that what you said? Because so, normally yeah. the ones the mandibular advancement devices I've seen. Are kind of like an upper and lower part, and they only have one. There, there's kind of a connection at the side where that's what gets moved forward and back to be the right. this yeah, <laughs> No, that's very
1: well no, you, explaining it. You, you but like, actually—it's it's really did, just you did one. Well.
0: <laughs> it's it's one part that there's only one attachment. So you said there's two on yours.
1: Okay, so you did well that but but to put it back into the the plain english again yeah. the the thing you're talking about is the adjustable part and yeah. the bit that i was referring to with the with the contact is literally the devices that you're looking at they touch all around the teeth like it's like two yeah. horseshoes yeah. if you get two horseshoes and you put them together that's how these devices touch yeah. but my device actually if you put it, if you leave a nail in the, oh, the horseshoe on either side and you put it against the other horseshoe it's just pivoting on those two nails that's how my device touches
0: oh so so and why is that is that better
1: because when you do when you use those other things you're talking about to advance the jaw the the bit on either side you're talking about it's either a strap or a yeah. pin or a screw yeah. one of those things or it can even be a hinge at the front just one thing at the front yeah, yeah yeah front I, I personally have an issue with that but yeah the point is with with, the, <laughs> with with the adjustment on the sides when you bring the jaw forward it's not we're not we're not robots we don't just our jaw just doesn't come straight forward it rotates forward so you're right. going to have a change in the way the device meets and that's going to change the way your jaw works and it's going to change the way your teeth sit and it's going to change your bite that's what's going to happen. And it happens all the time.
0: It happens all the time.
1: <laughs> um, so what I've done to it happens all the time. Like yeah. it's one of the warnings that people who have obstructive feet apnea to get told they, you know, you might have a bite change for which you will be responsible. And um, yeah. all that sort of thing, because you chose this therapy, you know, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But basically, well, the way I've designed my device is we have a there's two curves in the mouth. One is called a curve of Wilson <laughs> that as you bring the jaw forward. It's, it's got a, like a curve in it, like your teeth have a curve, like the bottom of a tennis ball. Mm-hmm. And when you go from side to side, there's the other bottom the tennis ball. You literally could get somebody's jawbone and put a tennis ball on it if their teeth are relatively straight. And the tennis ball would touch all the teeth, if you, if you want to think of it like that. So this this curve of Wilson and Spee, they, they actually call, form the bottom of the globe of the earth, if you will. Do you see, you see what I'm saying? There's yeah. a curve, and, yeah, I'm and, still with you. <laughs> and, and and the muscles that hold our jaw onto our head are like a hammock for our jaw. And what do you, What happens when you move a hammock? It swings. So your jaw swings back and forth, forwards and side to side, just like on the bottom of a tennis ball. So if your contact is flat in an oral appliance and you've got curves everywhere, well, I don't know why people haven't thought about that before. It's pretty obvious right. to me <laughs> so so my pivots on either side actually have little curves in them just like your jaws oh. so that when you move you, it's like you're sliding on a ball jump so it's much more comfortable that's that's one big part it, that makes it more comfortable at night so you're not interrupted by it because mm-hmm. if you're wearing an oral appliance the last thing you want it to do is wake you up <laughs> Right. Um, So if you grind your teeth a little bit, you need to be able to slide around on a ball joint rather than gnashing your teeth together. That's the first thing. The second thing and the more and the most important thing is all, you you know, you talk about these devices, they're called mandibular advancement splints or mandibular repositioning devices. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the different words or mandibular advancement device, as people like to call them, MADS. Um, so, So there's all these little acronyms, but They all do the same thing. They bring the lower jaw forward to make room for the tongue. If you, (laughs) and this is another thing that sort of makes me think, why don't people get this? If you're going to make room for the tongue, the last thing you want to just put anything in the way of the tongue after you've made the room for it. So if you've got a device that has a hinge underneath your front teeth that sort of drives into your mouth and sticks out of your face, that's in the way of your tongue. It's going to push your tongue back into your throat, which means you have to bring the lower jaw further forward to make Mm, room for the tongue, which is going to overstress the jaws and overstress the teeth and change your bite even more readily. So instead Mm. of that, what what I also invented to work with my device is a thing called a tongue posture shield. And that tongue posture shield is moulded by the patient or the doctor. Um, The way we do it in Australia is I literally do it over the phone so it's a telehealth thing and I help the patient mold it through the telephone that sounds crazy and magical but the reality is I've made this thing simple enough for most patients to be able to do it themselves okay and so they put it and it works well for CPAP but I'll get on that in a minute basically you, you slide this thing in your mouth after you've heated it up like like a shop-bought mouth guard if you like like so it becomes a floppy piece of Plastic, mm-hmm. and you slide it into your mouth, and then you slide it back around again. While you've got the device in your mouth, you've got to have the mandibular advancement in your mouth at the time. Okay. And then you close your lips around it, and you just stick your tongue forward so that you've got room for your tongue inside your device. And when yeah. that cools back down to your mouth temperature, it it's not rigid, but it's it sort of is, but it's set. flexible. It's like, set. Yes, yeah. and when you swallow, you create a negative pressure in your mouth with this shield in there and that what that does is that actually pulls the soft palate down against the back of the tongue and completes the front of your throat so that you can breathe through your nose
0: mm. now
1: you don't you don't have a suction it's not like a vacuum chamber it's not like all night okay <laughs> but the most important part of this shield is that it teaches you how to how to actually position your tongue in your sleep when you're asleep So because every time you swallow in your sleep, that that whole sequence of soft palate touching the bottom of the tongue, I mean, so the back of the tongue, tongue up in the roof of the mouth, tongue Mm -hmm. forward, uh, tongue lifted. So that means your voice box area is more open as well. It's called the laryngopharyngeal area, but basically, you know what a larynx is? It's where Mm -hmm. your voice box is. Yeah, thyroid and all that. That's where all that lives. Basically, when you swallow you open that up momentarily so that you've got more air as you're swallowing. Most people don't even realize that as they're swallowing on the exit of that, the, the epiglottis, which is a little flat, it mm-hmm. flops back over the swallow tube when the food goes in there and you automatically breathe in again. But mm. people don't realize that, you know, and in that period of time, your throat is open to its maximum so that you can pull that air in as, as easily as you can so that you can stay alive, essentially, when you're eating you need this function to happen. Um, at night, uh, we're not eating. We're not talking. So we're just keeping our mouth out of the, out of the picture. doesn't need to exist, you know, and mm-hmm. you need the tongue out of the throat. So make room in the mouth for the tongue. Some people's mouths are too small for their tongue. They don't have a big tongue. They've got a small mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and And basically, you make room for the tongue. You create that vacuum momentarily it's going to get too, too scientific so let me just say there's a whole bunch of neurocognitive reflexes that happen as a result of certain mechanoreceptors being activated when you swallow like that with extra vacuum
0: mm-hmm. it
1: excites them and it makes them obvious because in a person with obstructive sleep apnea those mechanoreceptors are dulled down they're actually a bit sleepy so they don't feel what they should feel oh. a person who doesn't have sleep apnea it's perfectly fine So the action of the tongue moving forward when we breathe in doesn't happen in a person with obstructive sleep apnea.
0: So this tongue, so the tongue shield that you're talking about
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, keeps so it keeps your tongue where it's supposed to be.
1: It helps you to it helps you to position your tongue to where it's supposed to be through neurological biofeedback.
0: And so but, uh, <laughs> you were saying like that can be, so somebody with CPAP could use just that part of, of what you make, like just the shield yeah. part?
1: Yeah, so so huh. people
0: who people who have an issue with mouth
1: breathing, instead of putting tape on their mouth, often at night, the reason you have a problem with mouth breathing is because when you relax your muscles of facial expression around a mouth that isn't designed to stay shut, it's going to open because the muscles are now relaxed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's not because you want to breathe through your mouth. It's because your mouth cannot stay closed when you're relaxed. And the way I test that is I pat people's faces down when they're in front of me. And I say, now just put your lips together, but just relax, 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 and just pat, 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 pat. pat. And then eventually the, the lips just part. Yeah. And that that's incompetent lip support, incompetent lip seal. And it means that you're going to breathe through your mouth at night. And it's as simple as that, because if you've got an open mouth, your lungs I are going to draw in. I definitely
0: have it. that. Yeah. Because if I don't draw use, through it. I use like myotape, like that goes around right my mouth, but yeah. And that'll keep it closed. But if I don't have that, like I definitely, you know, wake up with a yeah. dry mouth and all that. So,
1: so yeah. so my tongue, oh, my tongue, my tongue posture shield does. The main thing I wanted to do is, is, uh, behind the sleep curtain myofunctional therapy to help the tongue position more correctly at night and to help mm. the soft palate position more correctly at night. That's the main thing I want it to do. The next thing I want it to do is I want it to be a, a lip extender. So basically when your lips and your face are relaxed and you put this thing in behind them, obviously it's going to make your lips come a little bit further apart because it's going to bring them you know, about half a millimetre further forward and that's a hell of a lot in a mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's feeling When you breathe in, you can't breathe past it. Right. It's like a one-way valve. But when you breathe out, if you've got an oral appliance in, it can fall out of your mouth. It doesn't matter. Um, When you breathe in, you have to breathe in through your nose. So so some people who wear an oral appliance um, that are my patients, if I notice that they're struggling to use the tongue posture shield, I actually supply them with some nose cones to try, and then if that works, then they'll use nose cones with their oral appliance. So you see, we're we're, we're, yeah. adding, we're adding components to the therapy to make it more effective,
0: right? Um, Depending on the person, like the person's own issues and what they're dealing with.
1: Exactly, cool. and and yeah. if if somebody if somebody has never tried an inspiratory muscle trainer before, and they're having trouble with therapy, and they've and you know, in my history collection, I I hear them say, I tried CPAP, but it wasn't for me. I tried different masks. I couldn't get used to any of them. I tried oral appliances, but I'm still snoring, blah, blah, blah. All this sort of stuff. I'll say to them, well, you need to try this. You need to do this exercise. That's going to improve your ability to use therapy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so you see how I tie all this. I, like I hadn't
0: heard anything yeah. about that before. It was really helpful. I'm totally trying yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so here's, here's one thing that I don't think... People talk about enough is positional therapy right like Mm, early mm. on uh like I do remember when I had my first sleep study they said when you're on your back this is what your you know like AHI was but when you were on your side it was much lower and Mm -hmm. so and the more that I read about it the more I was like oh wow like so I definitely switched to sleeping on my side and it helped a lot but I feel like yep. that's the thing that people are, it's so easy and basic, right? Like just, so the other thing is like the position of being slightly elevated at your head. And, um, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like people, it's almost like people kind of skip over that really straightforward advice and get to the next thing. So can you tell us a little bit about the night shift thing? Did I get it right?
1: Yes, you did. Okay. So, I'm like,
0: what is that, um, and why would somebody want to use it?
1: Advanced brain monitoring, Make The night shift—that's an American company. Dr. Lewandowski, I'm pretty sure, is the guy who's um, who's the brain behind Advanced Brain Monitoring. They do some really cool stuff. If you look up their website, you'll be able to see it. Um, the the night shift positional trainer—I've uh, looked at—I've looked at all. All different types of positional trainers. Essentially, it's a, it's, it's a training device. Uh, it works on us like a Pavlov dog type scenario where um, you, what you can do with it in the first instance is you wear it and record the position of your sleep. And it also records snoring, by the way, um, in decibels, which is better than mm. a lot of the phone apps out there. So it'll actually record decibels um and you know, all in this tiny little thing yeah and I so would imagine
0: like the the louder the snoring the more resistance and so the worse right
1: yeah, yeah yeah so from from a from a potential um homicide point of view the louder the snoring the more likely you are to be killed by your partner right. or the neighbor and um and then from a from a, um, a health point of view, uh, which is also, you know, in relation to the homicide, you, you, um, you actually do have more upper airway, uh, restriction with snoring that's louder. Uh, mm-hmm. but there's also a whole bunch of stuff going on. Uh, we don't have time to talk about it, but there's a lot of interesting stuff with the soft palate that happens when you snore that's, um, which is a very good reason why you shouldn't snore at all. Um, yeah. So essentially, um, you wear it, you can wear it for say two, three days or even a week. They they recommend three days. I think a week is better. Get some data on what you're doing with your sleep and how often you're on your back. Because people, people will try and argue. Oh no, I, I don't sleep on my back. It's like you don't know how you sleep. You right. Unless you have a <laughs> video it. of it,
0: you know, like
1: well, yeah. Or you or you or you get somebody to tie you down or something. You know, yeah. you, you can't control how you sleep.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and, and that's a big subject because some people move more than others for all sorts of reasons. Um, but essentially, this thing will record what position you're in and you could use it while you're using your CPAP or you could use it um, while you're using an oral appliance or you could just use it to look at your sleep in general. Um, and then after you've used it for three to seven days, you get, you get statistics. Uh, which down these days it, it just, I think it downloads to your phone. It's it's, they've really upgraded it. So it's very clever now. Um, And then you put the active part on, which is a little buzzer. Now it's not an electrical. It's not like going to shock you. It's just a buzzer. Like in, like my Fitbit buzzes when I want to wake up in the morning, that sort of thing. Um, And When you're on your back, it'll actually buzz. And in the first part of this uh, training, it will wake you up and then you turn. But eventually what happens is you actually will turn in an arousal state, but then you'll go back to sleep straight away. So it's not disrupting your Mm. sleep. And there's a lot of research behind this that shows it does not decrease your sleep quality. That's Mm. very important to say. Yeah. Because people, you know, at a high level, people think, well, if this is buzzing to wake me up, to make me turn, then aren't I I just going to be awake all night? No, yeah. Eventually, what happens is, and I've seen it again and again, um, with the data that you get from patients, that over a period of time, there's a lot less supine sleep and a lot more side sleep.
0: So supine is on your back, and a lot more side sleep. And does, does the buzzer fit? Does it go on your back, or it goes on somewhere else? The the
1: first the first iteration of this thing, uh, and that's a great question because essentially you know how we're talking about patents before Mm -hmm. i don't patent things but or everybody else does and so all these different companies have these devices at different parts of the body yeah so and that's their patent it's like oh ours is on our forehead. ours is on the back of it ours is here ours is there yeah to differentiate
0: them from the other competition pretty
1: much yeah Mm -hmm. night shift actually put it on the back of the neck at first with a silicon strap around the neck, and I wore it. But in the summer, that gets really sweet. Um, so now they've actually developed a, a band, which um, which actually I have.
0: Oh, which is going to be great oh, for me, and um. <laughs> so great for audio listeners.
1: <laughs> let's see, though. Exactly right. So <laughs> yeah, so the night shift, uh, it either goes around your neck or you can put it in a strap that goes around your chest. Okay. And that can be more, that can say, it gives people choice, which I like it. Like it's good to have choice. Um, And, and like I said, it buzzes when you, when you are on your back and it intensifies if you're not paying attention, it gets uh, more buzzy, more buzzy, more buzzy until you turn. Mm -hmm. So you get the feedback you get over time is the intensity of the buzzing, you can see that that's decreasing. You can see that the amount of time spent in supine sleep is decreasing. You can see that your snoring is decreasing. Hmm. Um, if, you, if you have positional snoring, that is. okay. Um, and if it's not decreasing, it gives you confirmation that you probably need to do something about your airway in respect to, even if you've had a sleep test and it said nothing to see here, you've got an AHI yeah. of two, you Yeah. Know, but if you're still waking up tired and exhausted, it could be because you're snoring, uh, but not enough to actually register as bad snoring, but you're mm-hmm. purring away all night, not interrupting anybody, but you're actually ending up breathing more shallowly, mm-hmm. restricting your airway. Um, and then just having less oxygenation, you're not going below the oxygenation like 90% curve, but you might be too low for it. You might be sitting at 90, 91 all night, and that's going to make you more tired during the day. Mm -hmm. So it's the finessing of the detail. And obviously you might say, but how do I know this if I'm going to buy a night shift and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. Look, if 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 you buy a night shift off somebody who, gives a damn they'll help you with the data Mm -hmm. now these devices aren't cheap they cost a fair bit i don't know how much they cost in in other parts of the world but in australia they cost like nearly four hundred dollars um
0: which honestly when you're you know on cfap or you know you're buying all this stuff i feel like sleep apnea is just not a cheap thing
1: (laughs) it isn't but death is really cheap Right no for kidding. the long run yeah just really expensive for your so i think it's quite term.
0: difficult with someone with sleep apnea to kind of shock me at what the price is <laughs> i'm just kind of like oh well
1: yeah so yeah i hear you um what i'm waiting for what i'm waiting for is a um is somebody to bring a device together that sits in your phone because your phone has an actigraphy in it it knows what position it's in so Mm. you know uh, and that way you could you could bring this solution and phones could sit with your fit and it could buzz and it could tell me to turn you know um Mm. things like that so um and and by the way uh positional therapy is is very good uh and i'm not trying to just it i just think there could be better solutions out there but i find that at this point in time, the best positional therapy solution, in my opinion, is the night shift. I don't get paid for saying that. Right. <laughs> um, but I really do believe in it. I, I think the downside is that it, a lot of people don't see the perceived value in it. So there's not enough talking about it. So okay. if, because there's not enough talking about it, it relies on a sleep physician or somebody like me to actually try to convince you that this is a good thing for you. And,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know because I think what you said is so true about the that your perceptions about how you're sleeping are not necessarily what's actually happening right so when I tried to you know I always slept on my back and when I had untreated sleep apnea and then when I got my CPAP and I read a bit more about it I got like one of these kind of longer like body pillows so I kind of like sleep on my side with my arm yeah, and my great. top leg over it so that kind yeah. of just is the stability that i i kind of just hang out there most of the time but like even yeah. i like and i feel like that's gone really well but even i will just randomly wake up on my back you know so yeah you just don't know how much of the time you're on your side and how much of the time you're on your back so
1: one of the one of the best positional therapy devices that i know works is a pregnancy pillow
0: mm-hmm
1: yeah, yeah mine's like, really
0: similar to that yeah i know exactly what yeah you it's
1: it looks like a, a hairpin yeah so it goes up on both sides it's not yes. just one side of one and so it's like you, you can't
0: go roll back on it because then there's a pillow right there
1: yeah and um there's one behind you but also you you've got your leg literally your leg over excuse the pun you got your leg yes. over the pregnancy pillow um it's great for men with beer bellies Mm -hmm. right (laughs) because it's similar literally shaped it's literally (laughs) shaped for it yeah (laughs) and and um and you know you literally do get a more restful sleep uh with by by being able to cuddle something um yeah i i have yet to be able to convince you know a 40 year old truck driver long haul for example to go and buy a cuddle buddy Uh, but
0: (laughs) but it might help
1: it might help, it and might these help. are the sort so, of
0: straightforward things that I feel like you know people need to try.
1: Yeah, get it on Etsy for like yeah. fifty bucks or we less. As well try you know? it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So for sure, I I think that that uh, I I appreciate you asking me all these questions because anything we can do to to get people to think laterally, excuse the pun, um, yeah. about their sleep. Um,
0: <laughs> but I do sleep. think that there are lots yeah. of things where. It's not super high tech or I think like positional therapy and just like it made a difference for me, just like slightly elevating my head,
1: like oh, I think, yes.
0: you know, like versus being flat. And it's funny because I just went for um, the weekend away with my husband and I just kind of like, of course, I had my CPAP with me, but not mm. the same bed set up at all. And so I didn't have, I didn't bring like my big long pillow, and and the next day's AHI thing on my CFAT was like so much higher. And I think it was just mm. that I'm so used to being elevated. Like I just have really like low tech books underneath my mattress, but like it's enough. I think that it makes quite a big difference to like where your tongue falls. And
1: on the subject of sleeping with your mattress uh, yeah. and an elevation. One thing I like to tell people uh, is instead of putting stuff under the mattress itself, if you have a standard bed that might be a slat bed that has four legs, for example, if you have a bed like that, anybody who has a bed like that, all they need to do is get two house bricks and put a brick under each leg at the head of the bed. Beside the floor. On the floor, at the head of the bed. And that elevates elevates the bed to be an inclined plane. And that has been proven to reduce snoring by 50%. It's
0: amazing. And yeah.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. And it's not, it's not changing the shape of your mattress. So if you've got uh, you know, right. a, a problem with your back or something, you yeah. can still have good posture. Because I
0: certainly like, I tried out doing the wedge pillows. Like mm. I, I got one the, and I did not like that. It's just not as no. comfortable. So I've thrown yeah. away a few pillows maybe maybe i'll try like the actual i don't really know what our bed looks like underneath, but maybe i'll try that rather than under the mattress interesting Mm, good top mm. tip so here's my last thing i just wanted to ask you um i don't know if we got onto it last time like i just kind of wanted to ask you about the phillips recall and like if that's how Uh that's going in australia (laughs) what you're hearing about it if it's affecting your patients
1: Yeah, look, um, I, I, uh, hmm. I've got two opinions about this. (laughs) No, no, I've got two opinions about this. First of all, the subject of off-gassing. So you've probably heard the term Mm off-gassing, yeah. I just want to put this out there, and I'm not defending Phillips. I, I want to sit on the fence, but I just want to say this. When you buy a new car, you get the new car smell. When you buy a new house, you get the new house smell, you know? Um, why haven't they recalled their vehicles for all the off-gassing that's happening in the cars? That you, everybody wants to hold on to that new car smell. Everybody wants to keep that new car smell, which is off-gassing, okay? <laughs> um it is known that the off-gassing that you smell are those toxic chemicals that Philips are being blamed for
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, is what's being released from the foam inside the machines. Uh,
0: but isn't it that the, the, the foam's breaking down and it shouldn't be? And...
1: Well, well, okay, so there's, that, uh, there's the next point, that in some machines the foam breaks down. Philips knew this was all happening for a long time and said nothing. But what they did do was they bought out a new machine and only after they bought out the new machine and it was ready for release did they then tell everybody, oh, and by the way, we've been arguing with the regulatory bodies, being the FDA, the TGA, Mm -hmm. whoever else, um, because they actually are asking us to recall the product so therefore we are recalling the product okay now let me give you a personal experience i actually had a problem with my mandibular valence splint, where the fins that i designed weren't stable enough to stay on for the long haul so i discovered this and then i went and told everybody that like literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people all around australia okay we're doing a Like a a thing where we're actually going to remake this and And you send us back the old part and you, or throw it away. If you want to use it in the meantime, super glue them on because you can do that. And then, then basically, throw it away when we give you the new piece and we were proactive and nobody complained to us. That's what Philip should have done. Right. That's the right thing to do, you know. But when you're talking about a multi billion dollar company, maybe they're just, there's too much bureaucracy for them to go so cottage you know
0: yeah Um,
1: in any case what's absolutely happening is that there are and remember this all happened in the middle of a worldwide pandemic on top of it all where people couldn't go out and make choices and do things and change things and right you know um and they said so since 2010 or something like that you know we've had this problem so so it's 10 years or something for longer Uh, and it affects all of these machines so what we want to say to you is if you're a CPAP user um, don't use your
0: CPAP. If you're a ventilator user
1: you've got to keep using it because otherwise you'll die.
0: So that's the thing that has been so you know troublesome to so many people I've talked to because a lot of the people like the idea that you know oh well you're not going to die it's like you don't know that right like you don't know that people there are people with really severe sleep apnea who really are at risk of having strokes and heart attacks you know and i don't know well, whether they're so telling that, them to that, stop using it as the best was the best choice yeah, in my so, so
1: philip's well, what the other grubby thing that Phillips did, and I'm look, I'm a fan of Phillips, but I don't I, just because you you know you might love your children, but you don't like what they do, you know. Right. <laughs> so, so basic. That's so so basically, um, <laughs> my my view is, uh, Uncle Philip, what he's done is uh, he's he's basically said um, we've got a problem, we need to solve it. Because we were told to, right? Um, the, then rather, you know, rather the, the,
0: than that, it's the right thing to do for our customers.
1: Yeah, the confounding thing about it is that ozone definitely destroys the foam. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. That absolutely happens. Like, there's just no doubt. There's yeah. been a few of these. Few of the same people who get on YouTube and have been using this as a as a, a like a vote catcher or a, a like a light catcher. They've they've also done some good things and shown what happens to foam when you have a go, you know? Yeah. I, I did I did surgery on one of the Phillips machines on a dream station. I actually cut it open and pulled the foam out and put it back together. And then I, I have a decibel meter on my phone and the difference was negligible.
0: Oh. Hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: No um, problem. The, <laughs>
1: Yeah, so from a from a DME point of view, if you've got if you've got um, somebody or you can hire a service or hire a hubby or whatever and get them to open up the polypropylene casing and pull the foam out and, and then you can keep using your machine. Um, you're not going to avoid the warranty if you register your device. We know this now because Philips are, Philips are either going to, depending on the age of the device, they're either going to just replace it or they're going to put a new blower motor in it. So because the foam's inside the so blower So taking,
0: taking the foam out wouldn't affect that?
1: It can't affect the warranty because the problem is they've been, they've had to recall it. So they don't, they can't sting you for the fact that you've done something to your machine. Mm-hmm. So if you're concerned, my my best advice is if you're concerned about it and you have the skill, open your machine up, follow the instructions online that's what i did i had i've been doing this job for for a decade and i've never opened a machine before this all happened mm-hmm. ever right and because i thought why would i do that you know that sounds crazy you know right but then when i saw when i saw um well there's a guy named nick in australia he he does crazy stuff with machines <laughs> um and and jason from a lanky you lefty
0: know, he pulled it he lefty <laughs> yeah. he
1: pulled it apart as well yeah and, and they they seem to know what they're doing, um, but they, they definitely recommend if, you, if you're not confident about this, then you're going to ruin your machine. Don't blame us kind of right, thing. Right, right. And, and I, I agree with them. But, but what I'm going to say is that if, you, if you're concerned about this off-gassing, and, which I think is rubbish, just saying, um, and if you're concerned about the, um, the, the foam particles getting into the blower unit, which I don't think is rubbish. Right um then take the foam out because it's going to be a cold day in hell before you get a new
0: i know machine it's been taking soon. a long time for a lot of people so i think i think my yeah. reason to ask you about it was more just i wasn't sure about the difference between like australia and the united states like i know here no okay so so you're being affected no. by it as well and all that
1: I, did I go out and talk to all the patients who've had a Philips and bought a Philips machine off me? No. Why not? Because it's not my problem. It's not my problem. I didn't create the problem. I didn't cause the problem. I can't fix the problem. Right. So if I get involved in it, it's just going to cause me a headache, for, excuse the pun, for no reason. So, so essentially um, I think that some some. Ger- some durable medical equipment providers who've sold millions of dollars of Phillips machines over the last 10 years are going to be hated on by CPAP users who say, you've got to help me because you sold me this machine, but I want to put it out there. Stop it. (laughs) Just just don't blame the poor DME guy. He's just trying his best to help you and he didn't cause this problem. Yeah.
0: It's, it's just a, a really unfortunate situation. Like there's been so many, many people, who I've talked to where they've gone through the process with um, Philips and registering that they've got Mm. one of these machines and all that. But I can't help but think it's a good time to kind of consider like the people who might be eligible for an alternative treatment, like maybe now's the time to explore it as well
1: so so another experience i've had is that i've had people email me and i've had it, i've had all the the whole like temperature range of emails yeah. anything from hey uh, have you heard about this what do you think and then i'll tell them the honest truth about what i think which is what i've said here yeah. so anybody asks me i'll tell them right yeah. um i and and to and just one one more time for the record as far as the off-gassing is concerned until they can show evidence of that absolutely causing cancer, I think it's just like smoke and mirrors because there's too many other advents of off-gassing in anybody's life to actually blame off-gassing from a Philips machine. Right. And anybody who wants to tell me, oh, no, but it's different because the CPAP is going directly into your lungs, rubbish. It's just rubbish. Like if you've got a nose and a mouth and you've got a car, you've got the (laughs) same problem. (laughs) <laughs> as a right. CPAP machine. Um, so if so, from that point of view, I think it's rubbish, but that's just my opinion because there's too many other incidents of off-gassing in the world for it to have been a problem in the first place. And surely, then, therefore, they should actually be recalling all of those polymers that are made of the same stuff. Right. Um, the next thing is... Oh, and don't even get me started on latex mattresses. The next thing is... Um, <laughs> the next thing is the black particles in the device. I think that's a real problem. And if, if you haven't used ozone, but you live in an area where there's enough humidity um, to actually break down the foam, uh, so the next time you use it, it gets blown into your humidification chamber, uh, and you don't always fill up the humidification chamber with water. And believe me, there are people out there who will run a CPAP dry. Because they can't be bothered putting water in it.
0: I have to put water in mine every single night.
1: I know, so do I. But there are people who will use it dry. And I know that because when I've had trials come back, the dirtier the chamber, the more likely it is it ran dry.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know? And that's only a month. Can you imagine a lifetime? No. Yeah. If they're using the chamber and they're not putting water in it, there's a thousand more percent chance they're going to be breathing the particles in than. If the water is in there, those mm-hmm. particles are going to get caught in the water. It's as simple as that, you know. However, what I find what I find grubby about the, the particulate matter falling into the chamber is if they haven't used ozone, and they honestly haven't used ozone, and there'll be a lot of people out there who honestly haven't used ozone, and they're still having... So, this- so
0: when you're saying, just for people listening, when you're saying ozone, you mean like so clean or one of those ozone units that is used to like clean CPAPs so that's what yeah, you're talking yes. about right yeah
1: yeah yeah so if you're if you're cleaning your mask with so clean so I don't get sued here if you're cleaning your mask with so clean the mask and tube and you're not it's not attached to your CPAP machine you haven't done anything wrong the worst thing you're going to do to it it is perhaps yellow off the silicon if it's the wrong yeah. mask. Some masks survive better than others. Mm-hmm. But whether and, and now I'll say this, whether it's a SoClean or whether it's an unbranded ozone maker from Alibaba, no matter what it is, it's all the same gas. Rate. Right. So you can't hide behind a brand to say, oh, but mine is FDA cleared. It's going to work and it's not going to hurt. I'm sorry, ozone destroys this foam period, hands down, end of yeah. story. So if you've run ozone through your machine, through the tube, into the blower, via reverse or whatever, um, expect the foam to break down. If if you haven't, and you live in a humid area, one of the issues I find with a Philips is, how many Philips machines do you know that have an after, like a, they call it delay, they call it um, low pressure, like after running, you know, Basically, you turn the machine off and it's still got a little bit of air blowing through. Yeah,
0: my, mine's not a Phillips, but mine does that as well.
1: Well, Philips doesn't do it.
0: Oh, right on. So if they've got a if they've got a foam problem that
1: breaks down with humidity and they haven't put that feature in their device when every other yeah. machine has, tell me who did the wrong thing. Is it an oversight? Maybe. But I've got to tell you, there are you know, BMC, which are the Chinese machines. They have this thing, the same as a ResMed, the same as uh, Transcend, the same as you know any. I don't know. I, I know those those brands definitely have that afterburner kind of thing where it just blows a low amount yeah, of yeah, yeah. It dries out. It, it dries out the whole system, and it's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if your machine, if you, if you if you want to try a different machine, make sure no matter what brand it is, and there are plenty out there, that it actually has that feature because that will save your machine in the long run.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so that's as usual. I, that's
1: the last thing I want to say.
0: Yeah. Okay. So as usual, uh, we could just talk and talk and talk, but I suppose we should wrap <laughs> it up. So thank you very much for joining me
1: look thanks for having me on. and I, I hope that uh, what i've said is helpful uh for listeners and i really appreciate the opportunity emma and, it, and it's always a delight to talk to you
0: thanks so much for listening i love hearing from you if you'd like to be featured in an upcoming episode, please email me at sleepapneastories@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's also the place to get in touch if you just want to say hi or ask a question. Alternatively, you can always reach me on Instagram. My handle there is at sleepapneastories. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. This really helps a wider audience to find the episodes and I really appreciate it.